A new guest on What's On Your Mind, and this time it's Jan Vermeeren. I have known Jan for, I think, 15 years or even more. I've met him during a network event. Yes, network events. Then you could meet each other physically. And the goal of that night was to new, get to know new people. And uh, Jan came to me and he introduced himself and the rest is history. Jan has been known for a very long time as the LinkedIn specialist when a lot of people didn't believe in LinkedIn or it was just a kind of a CV tool. Next to his LinkedIn speciality, he actually has uh, written uh, a book. He's actually written quite a lot of books, but one of his books is uh, The Compassionate Leader. And it really talks about how he sees the new kind of leaders. I really admire Jan for his open and authentic personality. So enjoy our conversation. Welcome to What's on Your Mind with Peter Snowart. Every week a guest talks about his or her story, and that story can inspire you to change your own. Here's Peter. Hi, Jan. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you, Peter. Now, um, I remember the first time that I saw you, and it was a long time ago. I think it was around 2000 and. 2003, 2005, something like that. And I've met you at a networking event in Ghent. I still remember that. <laughs> okay. You know what my Angelo is saying, eh? People will forget what you have done. Say, do you will forget what you have said. Well, they will never forget how you made them feel. Okay, and I, and I'm I, curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't remember that moment. And um, I remember it was an, um, an, uh, a networking event. I think it was one of the first that I ever did, a physical event. And um, you just, I went, I went through with somebody else. I can't even remember who that was. But you came to us and you said, hey, I'm Jan and I like to network. And I was like, okay. For me, that was a very, at that time, awkward because I was not used to that people approach me in such a way. <laughs> and, and later on, and later on, you became very famous with LinkedIn, even when LinkedIn was still a baby, when LinkedIn was still the CV online thing. Yeah. Where, where, where did you get that notion of networking and LinkedIn? Because, I mean, you're not born as a networker, I assume. So where did you get that uh, passion, oh. I would say? Okay, okay. Oh, Trying to get this this story short, <laughs> um, I was working in a in a software company um, okay. called TreeSoft. It's, it's now um, doesn't exist anymore on its own. It is now part of SDL, and um, I was uh, part of the management team of that of that company, and uh, all the business came through the network of the owner of the of the. We didn't, there were 30 people, I think, in, this, in that company, and we didn't have any salesperson. Okay. So it was just via the, the network of the, of the owner. So that was kind of interesting. And then we did a workshop around the power of a network. It was really more like, um, let's say, writing down, uh, let's say, who you know and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's that part of, of, of realizing the power of a network and that's mm -hmm. what's like for me like mm, this is interesting um 
So that was seed number one. And then seed number two was when I started my, my own first company, people told me, oh, you have to go networking. You have to go to events and then you have to, uh, uh, have to approach people and <laughs> a little bit like I did there, I guess. Um, and then you have to have a great elevator pitch mm-hmm. and then people will be very interested and then they will become clients. Okay. And I said, okay, okay, let's do this. And I went there and, and, I, and I did that and I was like, oh, this is weird. This is, doesn't feel right. And I saw many people doing their elevator pitches and then people, especially in Flanders, where we both from, um, like, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you saw in their eyes that they were totally not interested and want to get out of that situation as soon as possible. And I thought, okay, this is, this is, this is not what's, what's working. So I was like, okay, and, and I'm more an introverted person than an extroverted person. That was also something like, okay, this is harder for me. So I, I, I also um, examined and studied that part of networking. How do you do that live <laughs> with people? And, and, and that elevator pitch that everybody's talking about, what, what, what is it about and why does it put so many people off instead of, 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 of attracting them? So that's, that's kind of was the start of, of, of networking coach, those two parts. Um, and that was before uh, LinkedIn and, and, and uh, Facebook even existed. Um, but then when those networks um, uh, arrived, I was immediately looking at what, what can we do with this? And of course, the beginning was the most, uh, most difficult situation because I was like, like, oh, you have to do this. And then people say, okay, yes, but when I'm the only one in this network, what, um, there's nobody else here in Belgium, for example, to start to, to, uh, to communicate with. Um, so it, it was interesting uh, because in my workshop, I was immediately putting it in there. Let's say of a two day training about networking, immediately half a day uh, online networking. And then after half an hour, everybody, I lost everybody because they didn't have any reference frame anymore. Yeah. So after two of those experiences, I kept back in that, but I kept following it. And then the moment that LinkedIn um, introduced groups, mm-hmm. um, then it uh, was not uh, a directory of people anymore, but then there was more interaction po- possible. And then I said, okay, this is gonna be something big. Uh, and that was 2008. Um, and then I was looking at, at, at books. I already uh, uh, had already written my first book, Let's Connect, about uh, offline networking. And then I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this again because it's pretty hard writing, not writing the book, but the whole publishing and promotion part, um, lots of time. Uh, and then, so I, so I started looking at books about LinkedIn and, and all of those books were about like, okay, if you, if you press this button, then mm-hmm. this happens. And I was like, Okay, but where is where does it fit the strategy, mm-hmm. um, and and how where does it uh, include how you approach people? Because on LinkedIn and still, you can spam a lot of people. Yeah. And technically, that's possible, um, and and that's what I see maybe even more now than yeah. then, that people are forgetting when they are behind those um, uh, the, the computer and then they're logged in in LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And then they're sending messages that they are not talking to a person. Right? They're not connecting. Yeah. So that's what I, 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 I also in that time didn't find in any of those books. 
So I was like, okay, good. Then I have to I have to write my own book about it. And um, and I was very glad because um, that book really uh, sold very well, and and it really put me um, on the map. Yeah. But that was my second book, how to really use LinkedIn. Yeah. Now, now, um, the, what was your role in the software company? I was a manager of the project team. Ah, okay. And um, what, what drove you, what triggered you to start your own company? Oh, I really loved software, mm -hmm. but more as a, as a, as a tool mm -hmm. and as a goal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when, you were, when you're working in a software company, the software is a goal. And I was like, okay, that's, that's not my thing. Yeah. But I mean, very early on, you were helping and coaching people how to network. Um, for me, it goes, it was actually the first seat in, mm, I wouldn't call it personal development, but networking is an essential skill, especially as an entrepreneur in whatever size that you are, that you need, because you cannot do anything alone. So you need other people. I mean, the first thing is, of course, customers. Um, then later on, for me, I mean, yeah, the networking part of you, I found it very interesting and cool. But what triggered me the most was the book after that. That was completely, that resonated with me, and special term that you will understand, that resonated with me. Life is a game, because I have it here. Yeah. Um, this is only my top collection of books. Eh? So, uh, <laughs> And yeah, you were so, and are, so vulnerable and authentic, describing your life path. And I felt that, and the details are not in there, um, but um, I don't know, something bad, I think, has happened to you, which... I won't call it an, that you are enlightened or awakened. It's maybe a very yeah, big term, but I, I see a very big transformation there between the young of the networker and then the life as a game. Is that correct? Yes and no. Um, okay. For the outside world, yes. Um, but personal development and spiritual development, what life as a game is about, um, I've already been on my plot since I was 28. 28, okay. Um, before I started my, my own company, my first one. Um, and um, behind the scenes, um, yeah, that's what we did with the team. We focused on, on personal development and also, yeah, what I don't think is a good term, it's spiritual development um, because many people have lots of different associations. Mm -hmm. But in, 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 in Life is a Game, I, I wrote it after I sold Networking Coach. Yeah. And, and I also realized that I um, had a, yeah, I'd say I had kind of a, a burnout without really knowing it myself because mm -hmm. I kept going. So it's not like a total burnout that was like completely, uh, I had to be in my bed for months or so, like other people. But, but, um, you, but you were tired, eh? I remember you yeah, were very, first, very tired, eh? Yes, and, it, and, and that was, the start of that was the um, LinkedIn asked us to become their first um, a training partner in the world. Okay. And it has to be uh, set up a whole team. And, and the, the, the idea behind that was uh, to do a pilot program in the Netherlands in 2010. Um, and every day they wanted to have at some location in, in the Netherlands 
um, a session about how to use LinkedIn okay. for salespeople, for recruiters, for people who want to find a new job. Um, and they were, and they asked us to do that. And um, yeah, I, I, I had two months to to arrange everything. <laughs> um, so that was already pretty hard. But then, um, and so LinkedIn there, they said, okay, you do everything, and we will. Um, so you do all the registrations, the renting of the rooms, and, 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 and the whole catering part and whatever. Um, and we will do the marketing. So we will put people there. So for them, the idea was we need to get uh, people really know how to use our network and then mm -hmm. they will really start using it, attracting other people. And that was their idea behind it. But then they started sending out those mails by their own system, <laughs> by their own platform. And then suddenly they got complaints from users like that they perceived as spam or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the legal department in the United States, they really got scared. So they froze everything. And we were waiting and we, we had 200 rooms booked and, and stuff like that. Had a whole team with 20 people just waiting. And I was like, oh, God. And, and luckily, there were freelancers, um, most of them, and I explained the situation before, and it was also an experiment for LinkedIn, so it was okay in the, in the end, but um, it, it was really hard. It was a, it was a hard year. Um, and then I started another project uh, under the umbrella of networking coach, uh, Generous Networkers. Um, and then we also worked with another partner. They also kind of the same story. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, I own this at time 100,000 euros in that and then um, nothing happened and I was really like okay I put so much energy in my time my, my own personal energy uh, let's say the money was also kind of an energy and and, I, and also didn't really work out that project and then I was like man <laughs> this is hard and, and, and then I was really tired yes yeah, okay. so I kind of burned out also because I was like kind of disappointed in, in in, 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 yeah, in the results. And, and, and the result is one thing, but also felt like that we were doing everything from our part, but our partners were not really yeah. doing, keeping their promises. And that was kind of the, it was just like, okay, this is not, nobody's interested in it or whatever. I could kind of lift with that, but we were really dependent on them. And, and um, even if, so, I would have even worked more hours and my team yeah, would never yeah. get it done, but we couldn't do it. We were dependent on the others. And that was kind of freaking the hardest thing, I guess. Yeah. Now, you just mentioned that on your 28, you, um, you were starting spiritual development. I mean, is the, I think you're the first guest me, saying that word spiritual development in a kind of a business context, which I, as a Belgian also, where where did you get that? I mean, you were like the Eckhart Tolle of Antwerp that you woke up uh, one day, and uh, no. how, how did that work? Yeah, but it, it's the way you put it is that that looks like like I'm already kind of enlightened or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm joking um, a bit, of course. Yeah, but. yeah, which is of course not not the case. Um, but for me, it is really looking at a different way at at, at our existence here on this planet planet earth and that's what i wrote in life is a game and many people's like okay i'm here as a human being mm -hmm. and some people say I'm, I'm here as a human being and i have a spiritual connection with whatever you want to call it god mm -hmm. or the stores or whatever yeah. and, and for me what i 
what I would say learned and what resonated really well with me is that we are spiritual beings in a human body. Correct. <laughs> That's indeed totally. correct. The totally the, the other way around. I also see yeah. it like that. Yeah. And, and that's for me also, if, if, if that's the case, then, then, then life, you could see it as a game. And in, in life is a game. I have made a comparison with a computer game. Yeah, it is. Uh, and for me, it, it really makes life so, so much easier. Lighter. And more, say, everything is, is becoming much lighter. Or lighter, more, yeah. Lighter. Yeah. yeah. That's correct. I mean, but was something happening in your 28 because that realization that you had for me it's when i was 28 i was still a very left brain rational result driven guy putting my ladder against the wrong mountain i would call it i mean um, so young 28 i mean still in a period i mean 28 i think we're around the same age i mean 28 that's like uh i don't know 15 years ago something like that 20 years ago yeah, 17 years ago please. yeah some yeah yeah so i mean even then in belgium i mean if you would say the word spiritual developments and i wouldn't now in a business context they would call you crazy and it was still a very um alternative um how do you call that goat <laughs> wool sock thing i mean um, where other countries are very ahead. So it was really, or you are the, the rational type or you are the alternative when you're saying things like spiritual. Where, where, did, you, where did you get that realization? How, how did that, where did you get that? I, I think it was kind of, it's also gradually, like, like being triggered. Um, was it a book or something? Or a movie? I, don't, I don't remember how it really, really started. But... Um, I know in the early stages, my aunt played a role in that because she had kind of a, a let's say, a, a psychotherapy practice, yeah. but also already more, let's say, to the spiritual side. Mm -hmm. um, so I, that, that was certainly an influence. Um, also, it was because of her that I uh, uh, discovered constellations, yeah. systemic work, yeah. Dutch Opstellingen. Yeah. And for me, that was really, really um, an eye-opener mm -hmm. and, and uh, especially the experience of it. Um, yep. it. It's so hard to explain <laughs> it yep. to people. Just if you experience it, they say, hey, wow, what is this? It's energy, so, yeah? Yeah, it, it's, it's really powerful. Um, really gives extra information besides the rational part of us. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and, and, yeah, I've been doing that now for yeah 17 years or so mm -hmm. and since five years i'm also um, let's say uh um helping people um the constellation itself so uh, i'm the facilitator okay. and, and 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 i use it for everything <laughs> for people um for teams so, so for individuals for teams for logos for brands for uh, prices for buildings and to, to get some extra information about what is uh, what we are missing from just a rational view on mm. things. Interesting. And this yeah, is and that's, yeah. yes. Yes, go on. Yeah, and that's that's part of of, of uh, I have two brands now. Yeah. yeah. So I sold networking coach uh, a few years ago, and then I started a, a new brand, soul business. Soul business, yes. 
and it, it's kind of I think connected with with one of the taglines. This is connected to your, one of yours. <laughs> but for me, it's soul business is how to grow your business without selling your soul. Yeah. So that also resonates with you, I guess. So and and there we work on two levels. It's, it's first, I have a very rational, structured approach. Um, how to, to get customers. Um, and, um, I just developed a new one. I, I work with pathways. So we always can get from, okay, what's the problem to the solution? Um, and then I just created a new one for, let's call it the customer acquisition uh, pathway for small uh, consulting training and software companies. Interesting. Um, and, and, and it's on, on the one hand, it's a very rational, structured approach, much uh, masculine energy in it. Yes. And at the same time, is also, why don't we do some things? Eh? Why don't we, we call prospects? Or why are we not choosing, uh, not, not willing to choose or not uh, daring to choose a target audience? Because we have fears. And, and, and sometimes they are much would say more dominant than, than just the rational steps uh, and the tools that are, are available. So when they show up, that's also what we work with. with, with and that's what kind of makes soul business, um, I think, uh, special or yes. unique is that we, we do both. So the, the, the structured way, the yeah. rational masculine energy, yeah. and on the other hand, what is, what's below the surface, um, more intuitive, more uh, working with fears, with beliefs, uh, and, and, and that's more for me in the, the, the feminine energy. And um, I mean, the, the word soul business, I, am, I can imagine that uh, yeah, certain people are like, how can you now mix the word soul with business? I mean, aren't those two things opposites of each other or even I am, cannot link to each other? I have, of course, another, another vision and uh, mm -hmm. uh, an opinion. But... In the beginning, when you started with that, I mean, it took for me, I started in January using that tagline, selling without selling your soul. It took some guts to come out with that tagline because people were not used that I used those words, in a, especially not on social media and things like that. But now I'm like, whatever, it's all fine for me. I don't care if you like it or not. It's just who I am. So in the beginning, when you started Soul Business, I mean, your first prospects, did you, or did you attract the right ones? And the, and the, the, the other ones, yeah, you did not, they, they, they repel you. How did that work? But yeah, for me, the start of the Soul Business was more like a, uh, after networking coach. Um, yeah. Okay. Tired, <laughs> no. um, not going to do anything for a year, kind of a sabbatical. Uh, but then, then the book, Life is a Game, <laughs> tapped on my shoulder, like, sit down and write me. <laughs> so, so that's what I did then. But then I got um, requests from what I call my colleagues, uh, other trainers, speakers, uh, authors, coaches. But hey, Jan, you've been very successful with, with, with networking coach. Can you help me with that? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I needed a new vehicle for that and then i thought okay um okay it's going to be sole business um and then for me um it, it, it um okay well, i'm trying now to answer three questions at the same time uh, <laughs> so um for me what it was because i was already on that pathway um for a longer time for me it was okay to, to use those words and 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 
for me also every business has a soul yes uh, so that's also it. so um, uh, it, it's um, when I see just a little side thing it, when I see when, when, it, when it doesn't go right in a, in a company mm -hmm. most of the time is because uh, I mean most of the time one of the reasons is that um, they look at the company uh, as, as something uh, let's say something that can be used and abused yeah uh, but for me, it's also kind of a kind of a living yeah, organism. It's, well. it's, it's, it's instead of an organization, it's an organism, something that which is like a human body, which is all parts which are linked together. And then we call this thing a human body. But you cannot say it's this or this or this. This is the human body. No, it's everything together. And it's that yeah. total which is more than the sum of the underlying parts. Yes. And so that's that's um, so that's for me soul business, and then. Business is more the rational part, and so is more, more the intuitive part. So many things that are that I link to to the word soul business. And and but so you and so your your the people your your prospects or or future customers. I mean, when you are a CEO, and does he or she need to be? Now I would call it spiritual, but already some yeah have some kind of consciousness to. To work with you, or, or 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 do you encounter people who, by working with you, that they, yeah, that they are entering a field that they were not aware of. Um, I, th I think kind of both, but um, let's say for me it was also what's oh, since I sold networking coach also on my my personal part was okay. Who do I want to work for mm -hmm. and with? And, and, and that's also been kind of a search uh, because I worked for all the major companies in Belgium, the Netherlands. And we worked with, with, together with my team, of course, who worked for over 500 organizations in the world. Um, and, and most of them were, let's say, large corporations. Um, but also one of the things that I wrote in Live is a Game is like, okay, what are they going <laughs> to think about me when, I, when they read this book? Um, so it was also encountering my own fears. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the first thing, the fears. And then afterwards became more like, okay, what makes me happy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it, what I see, the really large corporate environments, um, yeah, it, it, it's um, most of the time it's not, it, it's not in sync with me anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. Um, so that's also been a, a, my problem. So I, I still work for a few larger companies, but they more like they, they knew me from before and they asked me, can you do the same workshop like before about networking or LinkedIn and so. And then, and then and sometimes I did it and sometimes I did not do it. Um, but the people who were attracted to sole businesses, yeah, more like um, trainers, coaches, um, on the one hand, um, and I think most of them, I mean, certainly not all of them, are, are already more open to yeah. to develop themselves. Yeah. So that's yeah, kind of yeah, easier. Yeah. Or let's say that for them the step is not that that far. But um, to it's to uh, to link your question to mm -hmm. my other brand, <laughs> I have two brands. So yeah. Soul is one, and yeah. the other one is Compassionate Leader. I went back to the larger corporations because I thought, okay, this is what they need. And, and the interesting thing is that, that um, 
the people I talk to, they say, oh, I am interested, but I no, don't know if the organization is already ready for it. Yes. So that was very interesting. And, and, and for me, a little bit frustrating. <laughs> um, and, then I, and, then, and then I realized again, it's okay, Jan, what did you say to yourself when you were writing this book? This, it was not, um, let's say, not directly a mainstream book yet. Maybe it's going, to be ma it's going to be mainstream in 10 years or so, but you wrote it for the pioneers who needed support. Um, so yeah, don't waste your time in, in, in organizations, institutions that are not there yet. Yeah, but I mean, I think it is not going to take 10 years. I mean, you were ahead of with the whole networking LinkedIn thing. But if I, if I see Rick Ferrat, who I also had on, uh, on the podcast, I mean, he is saying the compassionate leader, leaders need to be compassionate all the time. I mean, in these special times, you cannot predict anymore. You cannot make a plan anymore for the coming 10 years as a company. I mean, so I don't think, I don't think, how do you say that? I don't think it's going to take 10 years. And I even believe that it's quite simple. Or you are a compassionate leader and you're going to, drive your company to the next level and not only surviving, but bringing it really to a higher level, connecting more customers, more happy customers, happy employees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, being more authentic and, and, and so on. And that will generate more energy, meaning money, EBITDA margin and things like that. And um, all the others, I think it's just a matter of time or they will come to an insight and also transform or they will fall flat on their face um yeah i agree with you at, at, at some level um the only thing you um if we talk about organizations organisms again mm. some of them are really really resistant yeah of course yeah. even even in the command and control environment and that energy so i don't think it's going to be let's say uh black and white thing and so 100% or zero um, but yeah I, that that's one of the reasons I, I wrote a book that, that, I, that I saw and see <laughs> that, that, that people need support in, in becoming more compassionate and, and, and the thing is that um, yeah we'll see because it's not now uh, August 2020 we had the the, the coronavirus starting in March this year. We'll see uh, what, what's going to happen next. But um, some of them already got the invitation, like they, they, they grasped, okay, good, we need to do, do things differently. And, and that, that's one, but then some of them say, okay, we're gonna do dif things differently um, the old way, but then we'll be different. Mm. And others say, okay, no, we need to change. And I need to change myself because I'm the bottleneck. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's for me, the compassionate leadership also means being compassionate towards others, but also to yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and, and for me, and that's also looking inside personal development, spiritual development. And that's for some people a bit scary. And, that's maybe a good question is to explain what do you mean with compassionate leader? Because for me, because I've been following you and supporting you for quite some time about that topic, maybe explain what is a compassionate leader. 
Um, how it, <laughs> the compassionate leader, um, for me, it has to do, I can talk for hours about it, but um, it's about being able to deal with tensions. Okay. And, and, and I might make a distinction between three kinds of tensions. One is um, practical tensions, like mm -hmm. okay, there's no internet, whatever, uh, or a process that's like, okay, I, I, I ordered something online and normally, uh, I ordered already with a company and normally after two days I receive it. And this time after a week, I still haven't received it. So something went wrong in the process, mm -hmm. so that's one category. The second one is personal tension. Mm -hmm. Personal tension could be a fear of speaking in public mm -hmm. or um, the, um, let's say, getting annoyed from traffic jams and, mm -hmm. uh, or feeling isolated because you have to work at home the whole time. The personal tensions. And then the third category is interpersonal tension. So it's between people. And um, what, what happens most of the time is that we, as human beings, we don't really like tensions. Um, and, and, and actually it's a neutral word, word, but most of the times we have a negative association with it. Um, but what we then kind of do, we, we ignore it or we push yeah. it away. Yeah, we're in a way, yeah. Yeah, and, and what happens is that they kind of get mixed then. And, and then it becomes more difficult to, to really see what, 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 what is it really about? What is, oh, why are we not getting this solved? And, and in this, Sometimes because someone uh, um, is blocking from a, because of a personal tension, um, blocking a whole process. Mm -hmm. For example, a leader who uh, said, okay, this is my, my project um, and, and it's clear that it's not gonna work um, and they don't wanna lose their face. So they say they, they keep grasping uh, on it, and they they keep putting money on it um, because they don't they have a hard time just um, admitting they were wrong. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's a very easy example, but uh, many people we do people do really strange things <laughs> because of underlying beliefs or underlying pains that they are not willing to to see or that they, they don't even see them themselves. Yeah. But they, they, it's part of their ego and they think it's part who they are, who they really yes. are. <laughs> the ego, is, uh, I, I'd, I'd rather not use that word because mm. many people have also different association or interpretation okay. about that word. But um, maybe it's a good thing to, to, to ask you that question. And many times it says, okay, the, that CEO or that entrepreneur has a big ego. But yeah, but what do you, what, what do you, what, for you, when people say that, what do they really mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that's when the word ego is, n is not right. For me, the ego is a, is a mental construction of beliefs that you build up during the years and that you really believe that it's you. But as you mentioned before, you are a spiritual being housed in, this is your vehicle, the human body, and you're having a human experience. So this means that the for me the for a lot of people the ego is the same as who they are for me not the ego is for me is my servant and is helping me to achieve something so when i need to um, do something i will use my ego to make sure to use that masculine energy yeah? 
Um, and using in that context, uh, a CEO who has a big ego, I think the word ego there means, of course, that he is really narcissistic and things like that. But I think the word ego is there, um, yeah, it's not the right term, but I understand what they mean because, and therefore we indeed, you have to be very careful uh, because there the ego is a bad thing. And for me, the ego is not a bad thing as long as you are, because you cannot escape from your ego. Your ego is a survival um, mechanism. Mm -hmm. And if you understand that, it's a survival mechanism. So everything you put at it or you give it, it's going to um, do something with it. And as long as you, as long as you uh, are not, of, that you don't think that you are that survival mechanism, I mean, then, then, then for me personally, that's the key to, to live a, a lighter life. So this means that, um, and I go pretty far in that, I mean, in terms of titles, in terms of, of cars and, and being attached to external things, that's for me a more, yeah, um, ego, ego thing where you believe that when I have this, a car, a title, success, whatever, I will be happy. For me, it's just the other way around. I mean, I try, it's an exercise for life, of course, not to be attached to something external of me so i can keep my i wouldn't call it my my inner world or my my, my peace of mind so whatever happens like you just said life is a as life is a game to see it as a computer game i mean something is going to challenge me and yeah my emotions is give me some kind of guidance um how to react on that but i don't see it as a negative thing i see it as kind of a lesson there um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that answered a little bit your question. Yeah, but it's yeah. What for me, it's um, yeah, very grateful to to hear you explain it because you explain it very well. I think, and, and of course, everybody has their own opinion or their own let's say take on it. But it's, uh, I think it was very articulate. So uh, thanks for, for for sharing that. Um, what I want to add to that is for me the. Um, when people say someone has a big ego, it's like they are kind of dominant. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're like, uh, um, let's say, controlling, or let's say controlling, or, say, or they, they, they um, seem to be very, uh, how, uh, how you say that, self assured. Yes. But, but at the same time, but that they, but that, but if you really look at it, most of the time it's a defense mechanism. Yes. Yeah. Um, for a part in them that was, let's say, hurt or whatever in the past. So for me, it's if we really can start looking at each other, like yeah. okay, that person is is behaving in an irrational way, mm -hmm. or is behaving in a way that is uh, annoying me. Um, okay, what is what is going on? And for me, one of the things I describe in the compassionate leader is, um, uh, and I use the the core quadrants of Daniel Hoffman as a as a foundation yeah. for my own compassion quadrants. Um, if we can just see that that is one part of them in conflict with one part of me. Yes. While while the other ninety nine part of them. Or in peace with the other 99 parts of me <laughs> that's already for me was already a big shift like okay just just one little piece of us that's now having uh, 
uh, a conflict or, or an argument or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then if we just can see, okay, this is actually a part of them that is kind of overreacting. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a positive quality that is too much of it. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's also a positive part of me that is reacting to that, is also mm -hmm. overreacting to that. And we can totally look differently at each other. Yeah. And, and, and for me, then every, uh, uh, let's say, encounter with somebody else that, that in the first, um, first is a negative experience, is for me um, a growth moment. Yeah. It's, it's a, a, grow, a, a moment of personal growth. And, and for me, that's a, a very interesting, a very easy tool to use. Um, and, and that way we can become more compassionate for others and for ourselves. Yeah. And for me, it is a positive spiral. When I become more compassionate for somebody else, I can become more compassionate for myself. The more I can be compassionate for myself, I can be compassionate for somebody else. And that's the way what, what I now do with leaders, but also with teams to get that, those high performing teams. Because if you really can see, okay, this person is triggering me, but what does it say about me? Yes. And how I can help the other person grow as well. Wow, then we have fantastic teams. <laughs> but the, 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 the funny thing is when you point to somebody, always one finger is pointing to the other and three fingers are pointing to you. So indeed, when somebody is having some behavior which is triggering me, irritating or frustrating me, or some behavior, behavior I'm like, what is this? Now I have the reflection instead of judging and throwing something to that person, really triggering what piece of me is triggering me and why is that? Is that some kind of trauma from childhood? Most of the things are, are based there and, and really look, maybe is that something that that person has a, some kind of quality that I don't have that I admire uh, or indeed, like you said, is an exaggeration a little bit too much and what, why, why am I triggered? Because the thing is, I shouldn't be triggered because it's, it's not about that other person. It's about me. It's like, how do they say that? Um, it's like hating somebody is like expecting to drink poison yourself and that that other person will die. But it's actually you that doing something to yourself. Yes. And if you realize that, I mean, again, I mean, then a complete world opens instead of living a complete life day to day of everybody you meet and being triggered and like oh this guy is that or that woman is this and uh i mean it's it's a very narrow-minded life it's a very mental life it's really in your head because i really discovered it's not about the head but also here about the heart and it's and also coming back and i don't know if that's on purpose but being a compassionate leader and it doesn't mean that you have to be ceo in a company of course but it's no. the culture starts there eh? um is that then in a very natural way you will connect with other people because people will see you who you really are instead of your title and that's in terms of sales eh? i mean it's the best thing that can happen instead of being a CEO and a sales guy or whatever, then really Jan and Peter connecting in a real authentic, natural way. Uh, it's really, you can feel the, 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 the transferring of the, of the energy. And um, so, and I really believe in that. And I think a lot of people think it's complete BS at the moment. And that's <laughs> fine for me. 
um, but it makes you, yeah, I wouldn't call it happier, but yeah, live, a, live a lighter life. And it's, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people that I see in my environment are, I wouldn't say struggling, they're around 30, 35, becoming 40, and they had everything. The career, the house, the, the title, the woman, the man, the children, and, and they're like, is this now just a repeat loop of everything? And is this is it? And then this is a great foundation for that process. Yes. Yeah, and I think it's it, what you're referring to is kind of that uh, the midlife crisis is becoming a little bit earlier. Uh, and I think because um, of the way uh, consciousness yeah. in general has already, let's say, built up, mm-hmm. uh, one of the models I use for that are spiral dynamics. Um, yeah, it's one of the models. Um, is, is that it enables, it, it, it's, it kind of, it, it's maybe a little bit weird expression, but it enables uh, people to have their midlife crisis sooner. Mm-hmm. So they can learn, go through that. Um, so actually what happens there is that you, you sh- make a shift in consciousness. Um, so you can have uh, one or two other shifts of consciousness in the same lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so 100 years ago, it, it was, some people didn't have a midlife crisis because they died before that moment could happen, right? So I don't know if I explained this very well, but um, the more people um, um, have those consciousness yeah. shifts, yeah. easier it becomes for, yeah. let's say, the next generation to go yeah. through it so they, yeah. they encounter them sooner. Yes. The only problem is, is that we, most people <laughs> really realize that and that... Um, so those shifts in consciousness for me is also a very positive thing, but most of the times, it, 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 before that, you get um, kind of a burnout, depressions. Many times, it's um, let's say the, the the time in between two layers of consciousness. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of that no man's land, and it's very if you're there, it's it's say, the dark night of the soul sometimes. Yeah, yep. I'll, I'll, myself, I already went to three of them of those like okay how many i'm gonna follow um that's not really nice to be in, in them but afterwards it's really like wow really something yeah but, that, but that's i think that's because we in the west we, we see pain as a as a as a thing to uh, as a negative thing and we are trained to walk away <laughs> drink away uh numb away the pain whereas pain if you look more to the the eastern traditions they see it really as the as the portal to growth i mean and i think there lies the thing i mean life is a game i mean it's like a roller coaster on your if you go to Plopsaland, for instance you go up and down i mean and that's the cycle and if if you're in that kind of downward spiral you think you're going to die it's i'm exaggerating and eh? you think life is black and miserable and i mean but it's it's really that that shadow that that it's is going to create yeah an um, an opportunity for I would say light to shine again and uh, yeah and if you understand that that's pain that it's not because we we want to solve the we we want to get get rid of the pain quickly so we take something um, some kind of drug so medicine to get rid of the pain but don't uh, face uh, the root cause, which yeah. 
is going to make it even worse. We're going to, and then it comes back into your face because you will need to learn those lessons. Now, I mean, if you, uh, maybe these are very gener generalistic uh, statements. I mean, um, do you see in your target audience a shift between more women who are more into that than, than male, than, than, than men? And the second part is, is the younger generation um, now more open to, to consciousness, to self-awareness than, for instance, when we were 2021 because i see some people around 23 asking me these kind of very deep questions and i'm like i don't think you will have some kind of uh burnout because you're already yeah asking the right questions and i uh, do, do you see some difference there men women and then the younger versus older people yeah i mean that's okay in general then <laughs> um um let's say for let's say awareness and consciousness um from my experience the yeah women are leading in that and mm -hmm. have been leading in that for already a while and and it and it's also not for me not um yeah it, i think in in general um i don't know which which i think the apache indians or the navajos um they have a saying is that um the men, men are here to protect women on earth, mm -hmm. and women are here to bring men to the hearts. Yeah, okay. like that. So that's kind of the so. And for me, it's also it, consciousness is, is for me more by the heart. Um, and um, so, the, yeah, that's I think why women are more, let's say, leading on that, on that part. Um, and then the, the younger generation, I think. Um, uh, yes, there are more than before, and that's what I kind of tried to say before is because let's say uh, the generation before us, mm -hmm. um, let's say there, there was a smaller percentage that was already grown in consciousness than for them. I don't know if I'll explain my bits. Yes, 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 but I understand. But it's a so gener the generational thing, eh? Yeah, the, the pyramid. Eh? So it's kind of we, we more people shift, in, shift to the higher level, levels and then pave the way yeah. for the next generation. So it's easier for them to arrive in that. And it's also like if you already grow up in an environment where it's very normal that um, um, men and women work together, um let's say but in, in some professions it was separated like in the schools when i went to school it was just the school i went to a boys school now now it's it's mixed so just already only that part is, is already different so we already go so i had to let's say get more in, in contact with girls outside of school outside of i, I played yeah. basketball so it was really also on a pretty high level so it was kind of um six days a week uh, basketball. so where did i have time to meet girls or to meet and it's already like okay i want to date them but it's just like interact with them mm -hmm. and now if you already have that there you already have yeah a different experience and i'm, I'm going to say that that's a consciousness experience or a spiritual experience but it's already different so we already take that so they don't 
have to take that step anymore later on in their life. So that's easier already. Easier. Right? Of course, it also brings uh, extra uh, challenges sometimes. But that, that's for me, yeah, because more people already have, have grown in, um, along the, the spirals, what I call from, uh, the, the consciousness spirals. Um, the easier it is for the next generation. And that's why you, you have now 23 years old um, asking the same questions from being with 30. Yeah, and, and also seeing that, and as this is of course a result of social media because a lot of people think it's bad, bad social media, but it also has its advantages. I mean, if you see a lot of these, you know, like Gary Vee and things like that, he's talking about awareness, he's talking about compassion, um, sometimes also they get uh, in contact with meditation. I mean, when I was 20, I don't think I ever heard the word meditation in my close surroundings. I mean, yeah. now it's, 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 it's very common. I mean, in the last company I worked for, we had a mindfulness room. I'm not going to say it was used a lot, but at least there was, we could talk about it and, we, yes. and it was there, you see? And uh, and a company and now work for it's really common. It's really it's it's the standard and it's business, eh? But it's really uh, now in your in your in the people you work with, compassionate leader. Um, do you have more female leaders? Do you see that that more female leaders are, or do you see more male leaders uh, contacting you because the female leaders already have intrinsic those. I wouldn't say qualities that that awareness in them, which is not always the true a true. No, no and it is it's for me. It's also I chose. It was hard to, to choose the title yeah. of the book and of the, of the brand, and for me, it's compassion is more like that's more feminine energy and leader more masculine energy. Okay, together they're in balance, and that's for me also compassion. Leader is someone who is in in, in balance uh, and has balanced their own female and also feminine and masculine uh, qualities. Um, um, no, I cannot really say that one of them is dominant. Like it's, um, I think it's kind of more or less 50-50 of people who are interested. Um, yeah. yeah. But maybe one thing I wanted to add to something you said before about compassion and about pain. Um, for me, one of the things that uh, that what really is a compassionate leader is someone who can be, be can be just be whatever is happening, whether it's something that we perceive as joyful or something that's we perceive as sad, that you just can be there with the other person or with a group of people, <clears throat> and and what they call hold the space, holding space, yes, yeah. and then if uh, let's say. And so without having or wanting to fix something. That's male, eh? That's typical male, eh? Fixing. So it's like the, the, the typical metaphor about the caterpillar was turning into the butterfly and someone said, oh, I want to help him. So they kept the thing and, and the butterfly is not strong enough. Um, so for me, it's also being compassionate. It's really acknowledging the power that in, is in each human being. And focusing on that, and then if the other person has a request, then you can all still say, "Okay, I want to take action. I want to support or whatever," but not trying to fix it. From um, so for me, the difference is 
many people say, oh, compassion, I want to help someone because I, I think they are a victim of something. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Here we are. For me, it's like, no, it's about really making contact with the power in everybody and that they can solve it themselves. And, and if they need help, so you can also ask, okay, okay do you need help with that? without saying, but it's something else than saying like, okay, I will do this for you or you need to do it this way. And yeah. one of the things for me, one of my pet peeves is um, um, unsolicited advice. Yeah. People give it all the time in their personal life, in their, in their, in their business life and, and from a good intention most of the time, but what you see what happens when people start giving unsolicited advice, it kind of frictions uh, starting. And, and, and people don't really get it. Like, oh, I was looking, I was, I was coming from a good intention. I want to help this person. Um, yes, but you also consider them as a victim. And yeah. people don't like to be considered as a victim and then they push back. Yeah. So but there's also, there's also another thing about that is that, uh, which is, and I, I also had that, eh? I, uh, when you read some kind of book, you had an, an, yeah, an aha eureka moment. And then you're like, yeah, especially when you start with personal development and you're like, I want to share this with the complete world. And then you <laughs> see people and the fact that you want to help these people, indeed, you see them as victims, but it's really something which is wrong with you. And the, f I wrong, the, the of a learning point. And the fact that now I see everybody has his own path and his own journey. And if you, how do you say that? If you, you cannot take away the lessons of that person. So you have to let them make their mistakes and learn from it instead of taking away the lessons uh, because then you're not helping that person. Sometimes it's like you're saying, it's holding spaces, being there, but not doing something for them unless they ask you, can you help me? Can you coach me? Whatever. Um, and letting just that person be and being there, let them be emotionally safe, that they know that you are there, but, and then you, yeah, let them make them, their mistakes on their journey. And that for me is, 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 the, is the key. I, I've wrote that, I've uh, got that from the, the, the author of uh, Eat, Pray, Love. I forgot her name. And she wrote that book and then came the, the movie with, uh, who was it? Uh, I think her name is Elizabeth Gilbert. Indeed, correct. And um, as she said, I made lots of money with that book. And then um, I helped lots of so-called friends with my millions. So I gave them a house. I gave them a course. I gave them whatever. None of them are friends anymore. And um, I actually took away all their lessons. Eh, when somebody is poor, I give them money. No, you should let them uh be on their paths instead of taking away those lessons and uh that's that's and i really believe in that and it sounds really contradictory because you are now you need to help them i don't know i mean if they want your help they're going to ask it you just need to be there instead of just fixing thing which is also something i needed to learn also in personal relationship because the typical male thing you have a problem okay this is a to b this is because we're so trained especially in the business world and in the, in the more, yeah, in, in, in schools as a male, fix it. The problem solvers, as we call it, we're problem solvers, problem yeah. solvers. 
no, I, I, I don't believe in that anymore. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, it's really holding space, being there, letting them do their story, and just that they have room to tell their story, that's enough. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> depends, depends for me on, on the situation, but maybe that will take us uh, too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Jan, um, if you would go back um, with the DeLorean and Back to the Future, and you would meet Jan when he is 18, what would you say to him as advice? Um, it's going to be a very interesting ride. <laughs> now, uh, advice? Um, yeah, just just take the decisions. Don't, yeah, um, yeah. Everything that will be on your path will come on your path. And and why I'm saying this? When I was um, 18, I was like, okay, I have to study something. I don't know what. So I was hesitating between psychology and um, commercial engineer. Mm -hmm. right? It's something that only exists in Flanders, I think. <laughs> So it's kind of a, a, a economic. Yeah. Uh, so I choose the, the commercial engineer with specialty in IT. Um, and um, why that? Because it was very, very uh, varied. So lots yeah. of courses, lots of input. And, uh, um, and I'm very glad that I did that because the psychology thing came really when I was 30 or so, it really came up again. Um, and, and then I, I would say I learned it at my own pace and, mm -hmm. and in the environment that was for me the writing. When, when I would have studied psychology um, when I was 18, 19, I would have ended up in this, let's say, for me, let's say, restricted box. Yeah, and, and that's institutions and that's the way you have to do this and these are the rules. And, and now, for me, there are no really rules. Um, that's more the entrepreneur in me, um, and, and and I do it. Yeah, I can and I can um, let's say um, connect things the way I experience them when I read them, and and yeah, now when I when I study something now, it goes ten times faster than before. So um, I think I learned already lots more about psychology than I would ever have yeah. learned in those uh, years at, uh, at the university. But, but it's also because you know that you don't know. Yes. Now, what, what are you reading at this moment? Um, at this moment, I'm rereading The Way of Mastery, um, which was a big influence on, uh, on Life is Game. So okay. it's a spiritual um, book. Um, from, from who is it? Um, his name is, yeah, it's, it's kind of his artist name, J.M. J-A-Y-E-M. Okay. Interesting. I don't know it. Yeah. So, if you, are you familiar with, familiar with the Chorus in Miracles? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, this is for me the, the easier version. Okay. <laughs> um, and it relates more to me because for, for, and it's also it also gives let's say feedback on the course and miracles it's uh um and, and it's uh, one of the things that i learned is that the course and miracles was written for uh for more people really mental people yeah from an academic background yeah well kind of a way of mastery is more 
focus more also on feelings. Okay. Um, for me, it's, 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 yeah, I enjoy it more than A Course in Miracles. So I think for me, the more A Course in Miracles is, is tougher. It's, it's like, okay, read three pages. Now I have to. Yeah, that's, that's also it. what I found. Yeah, I find it very, it doesn't flow, I would say it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's really intense. And then while the other, um, and it's kind of, it's, it, it were recordings and it, then it was transcribed in, in books. Uh, it's three books. Uh, so if you, if you, let's say, are feel a connection with the Course in Miracles, I really yeah, uh, yeah. recommend reading yeah. those books. You triggered me. You triggered me. And um, are you writing a next book? Well, <laughs> um, when I wrote uh, The Compassionate Leader, um, I started with one kind of an idea and then it turned into another and then the third one. So still have material there left that I might use uh, again. But um, um, yeah, I've been more creating eBooks. <laughs> yeah, I saw um, it, yeah. Yeah, so one, one about what I uh, already shared about, the, uh, the, excuse me, the customer acquisition pathway. I just wrote an eBook about that. And also um, um, uh, another one about uh, high-performing teams, also okay. a, a pathway for that. So. Yeah, writing is apparently something that I um, am here to do in this lifetime. Um, so, but uh, yeah, maybe I'll turn them in, in actual books. But uh, for me, it's, yeah, those ebooks are, uh, multi books I write are, are for free. And that's kind of my way to-, to uh, Give back? Yeah, give back and also inspire other people, say um, that, that it's not, that it's just one time, one, one time, a time investment from my part, and then other people can read it whenever they want. Um, and hopefully they inspire each other and, and they uh, take action with that, so. Yeah, uh, that's, I find that so beautiful, that giving uh, aspect. Now, in 10 years, who is young? I don't know. <laughs> One of the things, um, yeah, I think 10, no, let's say five years ago, I, I just like, okay, and don't make any long-term goals anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe I, I will do that again <laughs> in the future, I don't know. It's like, okay, I'm just more like, how is life unfolding? What is yeah. life showing me? And it's, it's sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's hard uh, for me. <laughs> um, so I don't know, I, I, I hope I will be even more compassionate. Um, and um, I will have more life experience, so that will be good. So uh, the downside of that might be that I even know more that I don't actually no. don't know anything at all, mm -hmm. uh, and that I won't write any books anymore. Because I had one time um, after, yeah, I sold a networking coach. And I was going through my own, let's say, let's say uh, decompression phase. I was like, "Oh, who am I to 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 tell anyone what they should do?" Or and then, and then the th next thing was, "Who am I to write another book or to give another workshop?" Because it just I'm telling them you have to do this, this, and this, or these are the steps that you can reach a goal. But that's maybe for me like that, but maybe only for me. So who am I to, to, to do that? And now 
in the meanwhile, that changed already a little bit. And, then, and now it's more like, okay, this is my experience. This is how some people can reach their goals. Mm -hmm. or, and, 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 this, and please make your own version of it. Yes. Um, so uh, that's already changed. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious who I'm going to be in 10 years from now. <laughs> yeah, but I, say, I share the same uh, philosophy. I mean, instead of... Uh, I would say, yeah, having goals. I mean, it's about following the path that gives you positive energy. And it's like driving a car where you can see 100 meters in front of you. And then the, the road is, is, is unfolding itself. And in, instead of just having goals and really sticking to that, because that, again, is fear. It's fear towards the future. And, uh, and of course, you know, it's about living in the here and now. So, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Now, a last question, Jan. What is still a very crazy, a crazy dream for you? But a crazy one, eh? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, crazy, something that you think, not writing another book and, and becoming a number one on, on, on Amazon, that's the easy part. Um, to be honest, uh, there's nothing that comes to mind um, immediately. Um, I don't know. Do you want to do a TEDx or something? Or uh... no, one of the things is is that um, I, I so I've written now four books and and I'll co-wrote another a few other ones. But it's also when I look back now and I let's say, put my books on my own um, personal development path. And then when I compare it to the spiral dynamics, I just see where, where they, those books fit. And um, when I wrote my first book, I wanted to be known, <laughs> um, want to be seen. And, and, and the need of us, I wanted to be loved. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the second one was still a little bit about that. Um, and then it's in the, the orange uh, layer of, of this consciousness. And life is a game was the green layer and, and uh, the compassionate leader is the yellow layer. The spiral dynamics, um, people who are watching this and know Frederick Laloux's book, we invented yeah. mm -hmm. the, 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 the model of Ken Wilber. Yeah. So for him is it's uh, orange, green and teal. Um, so for me, the compassionate leaders in teal, uh, and and what happens if you're there, is is that um, it doesn't matter anymore so much those let's say those those goals or being famous. You mean crazy, crazy I thing? Could, yeah, okay, yeah, I understand. And one of the things also maybe because I already had a portion of that. I was in my field known, uh, number one bestseller and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and, and yeah, um, it, 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 it's not a, it was a driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also how I, I achieved it, but it, it's not a driver anymore. And it's more now, and, and, and this is a much harder one for me now, it's more like, Okay, how is life unfolding? And really trying to get in touch with, with the stream of life. 
yeah, it, it's, it's because it's setting goals mentally. That's something you can go for and control. That's, that's, let's say following the stream of life, you need other things for, and that's still, sometimes it's, it's, it's easy for me and some days it's pretty hard. So the, the surrender. Yeah. Surrendering. I think that that's, that's, that's my, let's say the next 10 years, if, if I, if I was able, if I look back 10 years from now, I was able to surrender much more than I think uh, I will be very happy. <laughs> All right. Jan, I want to thank you. I'm very grateful that you took the time. I mean, uh, it was a very, very, very inspiring conversation. And I have to say, you are a very beautiful person in, in your purpose and your mission. Thank you. So I wish you all the best, lots of luck, and um, see you soon because uh, you inspired me with some things that I'm like, hmm, interesting. So take care, bye bye, and uh, see you soon, Jan. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye bye.